2: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look
0: at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Welcome in to Locked On, Nick's Alex Wolf here, and I'm joined by a very special guest today. I've got John Corrales of the Locked On Celtics podcast. And you might be like, ew, the Celtics. But it's important to check in on your rivals and see what's going on. So we're going to talk about Kristaps Porzingis, a familiar name, you could say. We're going to talk about Jalen Brown, his big contract, and what it means for the Celtics going forward, and if it has just shortened their window very quickly. And we'll talk about what it's like losing Marcus Smart, which as a Knicks fan, I love because he really used to beat up on the Knicks. So that's all coming up right now on Locked on Knicks.
2: You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
4: And
1: I think we see Willis coming out.
2: There he comes right now. Starts, without a five, Ewing for the rim, yes! Hubs left, now fires it, he's good, and he's fouled!
0: He's Anthony for three!
3: all right welcome in to locked on Knicks. this episode is brought to you by bird dogs go to birddogs.com slash locked on nba or enter promo code locked on nba for a free water bottle with any purchase you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you that and I want to thank you guys for making Locked On your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. I appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. Make sure you hit that notification bell on YouTube or the auto download function on your favorite podcast so You never, or your favorite podcast apps, so you never miss a podcast episode. We are here for you guys every single day, five days a week. So be sure to never miss an episode and you can be coming an every day. And if you want to take the, the, conversation one step further with us you can hit us up on subtext which is right from your phone right from your favorite text messaging app and uh you can find that right in the episode description either on the podcast or youtube i'm alex wolf i'm editor-in-chief and site the strict Loon, which you can find at district.land and as i said i'm joined by john corrales i'm not gonna hold us up any further we may as well just hop right into this great conversation All right. As promised, I am joined by the host of Locked On Celtics. Boo. Boo. John Corrales in here. Give it to me. If you're on YouTube, you can see the NWO shirt he's got on. A nice little nod to being the villain.
4: In the hate. Hate me.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You know, the the longer this pod goes on, I'm sure that people will realize you're impossible to hate, even though you have the, the... the you know unfortunate distinction of being a Boston Celtics guy (laughs) um yeah there's I think I think there's a lot to talk about with the Knicks and Celtics going into this year way more than we probably would have thought this time last year uh and the reason being the Knicks are better than we thought they would be and the Celtics are still just as good as we thought they would be but they've really kind of made a pretty seismic shift uh this offseason if I do say so they've They've traded Marcus Smart, who we'll get to a little later because I think he's the, the less important part of the component of this swap out, although it's still a pretty big component. But they've brought on Christoph Porzingis, a, a name that many Knicks fans are familiar with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was intrigued by this move. I was also kind of angry about it because I myself and a lot of Knicks fans started kind of thinking about the idea of like, oh, if the Knicks could pull this off and bring Porzingis in like this, maybe. Would be a decent move for them like this. There was a world where you could see that really working with Randall and with Brunson and even with RJ Barrett because he gets to face the floor and, you know, whatever else. So some of us dared to dream a little bit mm-hmm. about a possible reunion. And yet then he ends up going to the Celtics. He extends there. things are all hunky dory going into the season. It, it creates a little bit of a interesting uh dynamic in that front court though i feel like because now they have three pretty capable dudes to fill two spots so how do you see things working out between porzingis robert williams and al horford this year
4: well i feel like what should happen is that robert williams starts and they go Derek white tatum brown porzingis robert williams and uh al horford gets to come off the bench um he gets to space the floor for Malcolm Brogdon. He gets to limit his minutes a a, a little bit more during the regular season. Um, It's like a little bit of an acknowledgement that, yeah, you're older, but also the regular season, we can get through the regular season with, with less of you because of this move. So just take the regular season as a keep your skills sharp and then come playoff time, you know, February, March, then, then we can see maybe Al gets to 30 minutes, 32, 34 minutes. And and then in the playoffs, it can be a different story. So I think, I don't know if that's the plan. I think that's a plan that could be easily sold to Al Horford. He signed a, a two year deal. So he's got this year and next year with the Celtics. So I think wanting to, wanting to maximize those would be great. Meanwhile, you got Porzingis and Robert Williams protecting the rim and the loss of Marcus smart that you mentioned that we'll get to later well you make your your perimeter defenders better even though you lose Marcus smart because you've got rob and porzingis back there you got one huge gigantic dude that you just don't want to challenge at the rim and you got robert williams who's a dynamic shot blocker who you don't want to challenge at the rim so i can see the celtics defense being more basic a lot more drop coverage with porzingis and 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 maybe some zone to take advantage of the height there. But also I can see the Celtics defense being a much more high-risk gambling on the perimeter for steals because it doesn't matter if you swing and miss up there, because what are you going to give up? A mid-range jumper? You're still that, that guy's still not going to get all the way to the rim. So I feel like the Celtics can go for steals and try to get out in transition and pile up some points. I think the Celtics. Can get into uh, a lot of 12 2, 14 6, you know, type of runs with Porzingis there defensively and offensively. Obviously, he's a big who can space the floor. Uh, Rob gives you the vertical spacing down the middle uh, to draw defenses with the lob threat. And in, in I think most importantly, Porzingis, if the post up numbers are real from last year, gives Boston that. Outlet that they've needed when we've saw when, when we've seen them at their worst, at the end of shot clock, seven, eight seconds left, uh, end-of-game situations where it's like, oh crap, we're trying to milk the clock, but we've left ourselves no time for a second option offensively. You can dump it into him, and he can at least take a turnaround jump shot that's not going to get blocked. So I think he he should have a really positive effect on the Celtics. Obviously the injuries are a concern, but I think I think Porzingis there with Robert Williams as as the starters, I think they can have a real real big impact on the Celtics on both ends of the floor. I think I think the Celtics are built to pile up a lot of regular season wins. I don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs, but I think this is a team that can be pretty strong defensively with that rim protection. Get out into transition. Obviously, they've got a ton of three point shooting and a bunch of guys that shoot should have shot better last year. That 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 maybe we'll see. Um, but I think they can be very. I think very easily they could be a top five offense and defense.
3: Yeah, I could see that as well. I mean, it's kind of funny because thinking about Robert Williams and and Porzingis, it feels very similar to the half season of dreaming that Knicks fans got to do. Uh, Mitchell Robinson's rookie year. Because that was when Porzingis obviously was recovering from his torn ACL, and you know they had brought in Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson that year. It became very apparent very quickly that Mitchell Robinson was the bigger catch out of that draft. Eh, I guess that's not totally true. There, we were we were dreaming pretty high on Knox for a minute there when he had that like rookie. Well, he had a
4: great summer league.
3: Yeah, great summer league and a great like first two months or so. Yeah, where you could see the flashes, but. Anyway, that's either here nor there. Mitchell Robinson, <laughs> Mitchell Robinson, obviously is a guy that gets compared to Robert Williams a lot, though, because you know he's, they're sort of in that same class of big center together. Guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like big bouncy guys, good rebounders, good shot, good to great shot blockers. You know, uh, that don't really offer you too much more than than what they can give you right around the rim. Uh, similar to you know other guys like like Clint Capella and you know Gobert to an extent and stuff like that. But uh, you know, ultimately, someone that I think it should be really intriguing with poor Zingas there. Like to me, I, I look at sort of like what happens with Mitch with the Knicks. And I think Mitch is sort of in a class of his own a little bit. I don't think Robert Williams is quite there with this particular thing. The, the offensive rebounding like Mitch is like on another planet mm-hmm. um, for most players, but there is something really to be said for having a guy that can be around the rim and can get those high pressure rebounds though. And if Robert Williams is able to do that, and as you said, Porzingis relies to some degree on the you know the mid range a little bit. He certainly loved it when he was with the Knicks, and I know his his shot profile has changed a little bit, but he hasn't totally gone away from that as a weapon. Uh, it's good to have a guy down there that can just kind of like clean that up. I really do think like if and this is a big if health permitting, you know it's kind of an issue with all three of their bigs. I think over time, like the little nicks and cuts add up for them. Yeah, yeah. You know, at Horford mostly it's just with age at this point, like you said, but. You know, Robert Williams and Porzingis both kind of have like their uh their injury issues uh separately. But you know, if, if they can figure this out, I I think it's gonna be a really intriguing combo down there.
4: Well, I, I think one thing you're gonna have to like you get with uh with this big rotation is you, you also have uh, former Knicks legend, Luke Cornett, that can step in and, and get some of the uh pressure off of these guys from time to time if need be. How so, could I forget? How yeah, could I forget no, Luke I, I just want to make sure that we get that out there. <laughs> yeah. that Luke Cornette is here to save the day for the Boston Celtics if somebody goes down or needs to rest. Uh, Luke uh, Cornette,
3: the the former tank commander, tank god for the Knicks fact. I do I do miss him. I you know, I'm glad that he's sort of figured himself his his career out and everything And
4: his- he is one I think he's gonna have an actually like an amazing broadcasting career if he wants it when he's done, he's one of the just genuinely naturally funny kind of conversational type of people. Um, it's just, it's, he's, he's fun. He's, he's legit fun. Uh, I'm glad that he's sticking around, but, uh, yeah, Rob. I think Rob's rebounding, and, and and you know, you mentioned Mitchell Robinson's offensive rebounding, and, and that's obviously very strong. But Rob's offensive rebounding, especially at the end of the last season in the playoffs, um, it, it's been he's he's been like a game changer in a lot of ways. The Celtics are so spread out offensively that you can tend to lose Robert Williams, and he's so athletic that he and so gifted that he, he can read things really well and get in there. So that's why I think offensively, even though Porzingis isn't going to be like, everybody wants to look at the 7'3 guy. You just can't help yourself. There's like a genetic, it's the same genetic defect in humans that when they go past the camera, like a news camera on the street, makes them go like crazy. <laughs> that's the one that makes them want to say, hey, he's 7'3. He should be posting up all the time. Like that, that's not who Porzingis is. We know that. Um, and because that's not who he is, they need somebody on the floor to get in there and crash and kind of be around for a tip in here or there. It's another reason why I don't think they want to go full five out with Al Horford as the starter. I, I know a lot of people around here in Boston are defaulting to that because Al's the shooter. Joe Mazzula loves shooting. And that's going to be like, that's what he's going to default. But I think you need Robert Williams out there. And I think that dynamic between Porzingis and Rob is going to be the bet the best way to start these games.
3: Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, the, the, I think there was a valuable lesson from the Knicks season this past year, which is that offensive rebounding is in a, is back in a big way. Like the Knicks did manage to, for all their faults, they put together a, a top five offense this year. And were one of the, I think top three by the end of the year. I mean, it was, it was right up there. They were, they were definitely top five. Maybe they ended at four, but either way, I mean, this is so weird, weird to th- see them up there. It was yeah, yeah. weird to see them.
4: It's like, and, who's the coach again?
3: Yeah, really? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. But it was all because they harnessed the power of second opportunities. Like they were a, quite frankly, a pretty bad three point shooting team. Like they shot around the 20th in the NBA or something like that. Uh, which is not great, and managed to you know turn into that high of a scoring offense just by virtue of just out muscling and getting second opportunities with Mitch, with
4: Josh Hart, with Julius Randle. Oh, so you don't have to tell me. I remember yeah. the Emmanuel Quickly game <laughs> in Boston. I remember that. That was like I just see him like going back and like every time he made that little that little move in Boston, I was like, oh man, this dude is just crushing. It's all second chances. It was it was yeah yeah that was that was a crusher.
3: Yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of crushers, maybe Jalen Brown's new contract will crush the Celtics being able to get better in the future. (laughs) What a segue. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, I do have to remind everybody that today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. And, you know, we have notes to like get up and show off our Bird Dogs. You're just going to have to take my word for it. I am wearing them right now. I wore them all day today. They're incredibly comfortable. I have a job where I have to move around quite a bit. Uh, during the day these have been my absolute favorite shorts to have uh that said I, I don't know how comfortable i am showing my butt on camera so i'm just gonna leave the <laughs> cake uh but my butt looks oh, great man, do it do it <laughs> i'll tell you that much now i would knock over my whole setup if i stood up and, and nobody wants to see that oh, and, well, maybe everybody does but i'm not gonna give
4: convenient excuse <laughs> <laughs> at
3: any rate bird dog shorts are amazing we uh, since we got hooked up with bird dogs they sent us a couple pairs, and. I went back and bought a bunch more for myself because they are that great. Uh, they're super comfortable. They have four-way stretch. If you've never had pants or shorts with four-way stretch before, what are you doing? They're amazing. It it is exactly what it sounds like. You can move any direction you want, and your pants will stretch with you. And uh, you know, you can just do whatever the heck you want. If you're if you happen to be in your bird dogs and you're at out somewhere, don't think you're going to get into a game of basketball, and then a game of basketball breaks out you're ready to go because they perform just like gym shorts, even though they look like fancy khakis. Uh, They're really great for any occasion. And I, I think that you should probably look into, you know, getting some for yourself because not only do you get bird dogs, shorts or pants or joggers, those are perfect ready for, uh, for the fall and winter coming up here. But you can also get a free gift water bottle right now when you order and use code locked on MBA. So, Go to birddogs.com and use code LOCKED ON MBA or, or sorry, go to birddogs.com slash LOCKED ON MBA or enter promo code LOCKED ON MBA. Check out for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LOCKED ON MBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We both promise you that. John's a customer too.
2: Locked on NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
3: All right, and we're back in to continue talking Celtics here on Locked On Knicks hopefully you haven't already tuned out. Cause I mean, this is a, great discussion. <laughs> this is, you know, we're talking mostly Celtics today, but this is, I mean, I, I think it's fascinating to look at the other teams around the league, especially like the Knicks have something to play for now. So it's good to keep tabs on these teams that they're hopefully trying to compete with now. Uh, so uh, the, probably the biggest news, I mean, I led with Porzingis because of the Knicks connection, but probably sure. the biggest, the probably the biggest news for the Celtics this summer is Jalen Brown's carrying a max extension. Uh, it's been pretty polarizing. It seems like there's a lot of people that, you know, say, Oh, uh, uh you know, max extension and you can't even dribble with his left hand, you know, those sort of things. And yet this guy is like a really prolific scorer and, a, a, just a great all around two way player. And obviously he's been a huge part of what the Celtics have built over the last like six, seven years. Uh, God, it's crazy to think that he's been in the league that long. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he's, he's a huge part of a perennial one through three seed in, the East and they look like they're going to continue being that as long as he and Tatum are together on that team. My question to you, John, we saw what's happened with the CBA this off season, uh, a lot more restrictions on teams that are well over the cap at this point. And having two guys on designated max extensions is a lot of cap space to be eating up before you even factor in mm-hmm. a single other player. and, There's a very good chance, I think that the that the Celtics are going to find themselves, you know, paying heavily into the luxury tax and dealing with some of these restrictions. What do you think the future looks like for them, especially if this if this Porzingis move, if the Brown extension doesn't pay off, and they they're Mm. not like, I I think it's pretty much championship or bust for these guys at this point. Like as it should be, because they're they're that caliber. I mean, if they don't find themselves winning a championship in the next couple of years, what do you think the future is going to look like with this Brown deal and with the
4: amount of money that they're showing out? Well, it's an untenable situation is what it yeah. is. It, we, championship or bust, I mean, you can sit there and say Boston is one of those cities where it's always championship or bust, but th- this this really is. This season and maybe next, it really is the next two seasons at best, where if they can't win a championship with this group over the next two seasons, and and I'm gonna argue if they can't win two, uh, it's gonna things are gonna fall apart quickly. Celtics are one of the teams that was doing it, I think, the right way. They they were playing the game, they ducked the tax when they needed to duck the tax, and then when it came time to say, okay, this is our moment to strike, they made the moves they needed to make, and the the penalty was always just gonna be hey, you got to pay the tax and you might have to pay the repeater a little bit. It's going to get expensive, but hey, that's all. All it is is money and you deal with it. And now all of a sudden they like Milwaukee, a bunch of other teams are the unintended kind of like victims of a rule that was meant to keep Golden State and the Clippers in check. Um, Now you've got uh, Jalen Brown's going to be making fifty-two million dollars next season. Then the year after that, Jay- Jason Tatum gets to opt out of his player option. So this this upcoming summer, he gets to uh, he gets to actually not this. I wouldn't even say this upcoming summer. I think what what'll happen? He, he's extension eligible this summer. My understanding is if you're going to extend the contract, you have to opt into that player option. And I don't think that's what he needs to do. He's it's a $37 million player option. If you opt out and take a new deal, then that that number will be like $55 million. So uh either way, in two seasons, you'll have Jason Jalen Brown making $56 million and $56 and a half, Jason Tatum making $50 plus million, hundred $110 million almost on two guys in a, a cap that'll be. I don't know, 180 something million, 190 million, whatever it is at that point. That's still more than half the cap in two guys. Uh, in this in this economy, can't happen. Can't keep that up. So something's going to have to go. And I think this season, next season, it's going to be almost like an audition for Porzingis and for Jalen Brown. What's the best fit? Because of the three, you can only keep two. You're not. I don't think Porzingis is going to be here all three years, uh, or. It's if he is, then Jalen Brown is gone in that, in that scenario. Jason Tatum's not going anywhere, uh, unless some weirdness happens, but it's Brown or Porzingis after the 25, uh, 20, or, or maybe it is the 25, 26 season that one of those guys is gone, uh. And, and I don't know, I don't know who it'll be. I honestly don't know who it'll be next season. They can get away with trading Malcolm Brogdon at some point during the season or, or next summer. It's a $22 million deal, twenty two and dollars deal. They can get out of that, take back some less money and, and navigate well enough under the second apron. But after that, it's, it's too much. Plus Derek white in that 25, 26 season, he's an unrestricted free agent. He's extension eligible He's making 17 and a half, almost 19 next year. What's he going to be due? That's going to be a big number. Robert Williams is going to be making thirteen in that, 13 million plus in that 25, 26 season. Lots of big numbers there, uh, and, and it's just not going to be sustainable. So it, this just isn't going to be the team moving forward. There's a very small window. This new CBA took the window for Boston. Milwaukee and all o- these other expensive teams and said, Hey, your four year window fight. Five- nope. Two year window. Boom. And that's it. And get into the churner. I think this is just going to be now a big kind of like popcorn popper where teams get to the bottom. Then all of a sudden they're in the middle real quick. Then they're at their top real quick. You got a limited chance at the top and then pff, back to the bottom again. It's going to be weird.
3: Yeah. I, I feel the same way. The more I keep thinking about it. I mean, I think the owners really got away with something in this CBA because the more I keep thinking about it, I, I, this is way more big picture than, than zeroed in on the Celtics or the Knicks or anything else. But I think think ultimately, yeah, I think ultimately what's going to happen with this new CBA with the fact that they're making it so restricted to spend money is now you're going to see guys being kind of forced to accept less than these giant max extensions. Like I, I almost wonder if this summer or perhaps next summer, is going to be one of the last ones where we see these guys being able, like where we see teams even being able to offer these guys the full maximum amount of money. And then what's, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen to the whole landscape of the league then at that point, as far as like how many of these guys are going to be like, well, get me the heck out of here then. I don't want to be here anymore because you don't want to pay me. Like send me to a team that'll pay me then and they can have their shot, you know, because I want to get my full worth. And it's, you know, it's not fair to me that like the, You guys just have too many people making this much money and I can't make it now. Um, but
4: It's going to have to end up being like, just because you're eligible to make the 35% doesn't mean you should, you can get more than the 30. You can get 32, you can get 32 and a half, but we're not going to give you 35. We need to, we need to establish some wiggle room. And if that, if that hurts somebody's feelings, then maybe it does. But that, it's going to be top end guys, and then a lot of mid, le- a lot of lower level guys, and then the all the mid level contracts are going to be signed on the mid level to lower teams, mm-hmm. and those are going to be used in like trades somehow mm-hmm. to to help kind of alleviate things. But these 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 expensive teams, and New York is going to be in there uh, mm-hmm. pretty soon, right? Like their their salary cap, they're they're, they're not cheap. They're not a cheap team. So um, it's something everybody needs to be aware of that yeah. the numbers are gonna start adding up super, super fast. The cap's gonna grow super fast, but mm-hmm. that just means the 35% of the cap is gonna be such an outrageous number that guys who get extensions or these super max deals in like three, four years, they're gonna start their contract's gonna start in the 60s. It's gonna be mm-hmm. it's insane amount of money. Yeah, Jason Tatum, when his career is over, endorsements and salary, he could hit a billion dollars of earnings on and off the floor during his playing careers. One billion in earnings. That is an unreal number. The fact that he alone could gross that much money.
3: Yeah. Yeah. With how long it took guys like Michael Jordan, for example, to do that, being Michael Jordan.
4: I mean, (laughs) mean? Michael. (laughs) <laughs> with it literally
3: making an entire shoe line and everything else it's like that. Now guys are able to just kind of do it just by playing basketball at this point. Uh speaking of guys that play basketball, one guy that I'm glad to not see play basketball <laughs> on the Celtics anymore is Marcus Smart, which we'll get to in just a second uh because I want to throw a little party that he's he's no longer on that team. He was a certified nick killer for a long time. Uh but you know what else is killer? That's DoorDash because if you're missing syrup for your pancakes or you ran out of your favorite coffee creamer, you can just use DoorDash grocery delivery now, and you can get what you want right when you need it. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered, or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. And if you want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a DashPass membership. With easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $25 value when you use code LOCKEDONMBA at checkout. Limited time offer terms apply. That's 50% off, up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees On your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget that's code LOCKEDONNBA for 50% off your first order with DoorDash.
0: Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too. In person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app, State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
3: All right, and we're back in for our third and final segment here. And John, I I mentioned it right before we went to break. Marcus Smart, no longer a Boston Celtic um i I, first off what's the what's the feeling like in in the boston area about this because i mean he's been he's been a key part of what this team has done for a long time you know he's the the defensive presence on that team for so long i mean he's he's shown over and over he can guard multiple positions i mean like pretty much guard all the way down to four and up to one because he's just such a stockily built dude and he's always kind of just done just well enough shooting the ball that like he's an overwhelming positive uh, because of the defensive contributions and the fact that he's a willing ball mover and everything else. Like, I feel like, is it just the presence of Derek White that made them comfortable making this move? Because this this felt pretty seismic, even though they did get Porzingis back.
4: It's the presence of Derek White. It's Joe Mazzula as the head coach. Um, and it was their need to kind of change things up as far as the offense, the late game offense, especially, like I said before, the, first of all, I'm, I'm a huge Marcus smart guy. Like I think smart, like I want Marcus smart on all of my teams whenever, like I just, I just think he's a great presence. He's great in the community. He's great on the floor, off the floor, everything. Um, But the Celtics aren't playing a style that suits him. And the thing about Marcus smart offensively is he's a very specific He has to be your point guard. He has to be the main guy. And if you're playing him with another point guard, a guy who you're using as your point guard, if you're playing him off the ball, you diminish him incredibly offensively because his best skill is floor recognition and passing. And there's a reason why uh, one of his signature plays over the past season was the backdoor cut the Jalen Brown backdoor cut? Did it at least once, sometimes twice a game? Where coming down in, not even in transition, kind of like just pushing the ball up after a make, down always down the right side of the floor, and Jalen cuts backdoor, boom, he finds him all the time. He's the only guy that could consistently find Robert Williams for lobs. He's the he's their best passer, was their best passer, um, by far. Uh, but with Joe Missoula being such a three point heavy coach, uh, it wasn't it wasn't an offense that was run by a point guard designed to find the options like in a more traditional style of basketball. So he became expendable. You, you start him off the ball and you have him catching and shooting above the break threes. That's not what you want. You want him starting at the top of the key, initiating the offense. Drifting into the corner, and if he catches and shoots from the corner, well, that that's a palatable. He shoots a palatable percentage from there. So once that happened, once Joe Mazula came around and kind of went back to using him, what I think is the wrong way, he became expendable because Derek White had his best defensive season of his of his life, blocked a ton of shots, was was clearly their best perimeter defender. Smart had a down year in that regard. So you say, okay, well, Derek White can defend pretty well on the perimeter. Uh, he can shoot a hell of a lot better. So they wanted to trade Malcolm Brogdon for Porzingis because he had the bigger number at 22 million, 22 and a half million. But Marcus Smart as a pivot, a very quick pivot for you know trading him to Memphis, showed that he was expendable to the Celtics. So um, the focus, there's less focus on defense. And like I said at the beginning of the show, Theoretically, with Porzingis and Rob back there, there's enough rim protection to make everybody on the perimeter better, and so you don't need a Marcus Smart. Now, of course, I would counter with, well, then he would make Marcus Smart better, and you would have a guy that, if you're talking about gambling for steals, that dude knew how to gamble for steals, but so be it. He became expendable, and the Celtics retooled, and here we are.
3: What do you think about the ball handling situation for Boston going into this year? Obviously, there's a lot of times where they just kind of give it to Brown or Tatum and say, go ahead and go down the floor. And, you know, it's almost like designed for them to just attack the defense almost right away, as we've seen as Knicks fans plenty of times. But, I mean, you just mentioned Marcus Smart did do a lot of ball handling for them and was a pretty high assist man for them. Like, you know, they run sort of a a democratic offense and they have for a long time where it seems like a lot of people get to touch the ball and there's not necessarily, you know, a, a, any given point guard, you know, like quote mm-hmm. unquote, that is is just going to be out there always handling the ball. Like what the Knicks sort of have with Brunson now. Um, But that said, like I, he was doing a good percentage of that. Do you think that falls on white now? Do you think that Malcolm Brogdon is going to have to take on a, a more expanded role instead of being more of a six man this year? I, how do you see that all shaken down now that Smart's not back there anymore?
4: I feel like Brogdon has to stay in the exact same role he had last year. It was successful. Um, and if he has a full tra- if he comes back healthy and the arm's not an issue, um the full training camp with a full full team, he didn't have a training camp with Rob. Rob missed half the season last year and and I think that hurt. They never developed any chemistry. So if he can develop a chemistry with Robert Williams, uh, that would be huge. So, but I still want uh, uh, Malcolm Brogdon as the the sixth man. It's going to be more Derek White. He's going to handle more of the the ball handling duties, and and it's, he's no stranger to it. But I want to see how how he handles that. I, I I think the Celtics are such a theoretically theoretical team. I don't know exactly how a lot of this stuff is going to go, and this is one of those things with Derek White as the point guard. I don't know how that's going to go. How is that workload going to affect his shot? How is it going to affect the offense? But I, I do think the Celtics are going to spread the ball handling around. Tatum will initiate the offense a lot. They've relied on him to do that. I'm not a big fan of it. I'd love to see him catching the ball more on the move. But if if that's how the Celtics want to do it, if they can be effective, the key when he is handling the ball is can you, you have two, three seconds to beat a team four on three when Jason Tatum is doubled. You better be able to, in those two seconds, Get yourself a hell of an advantage, so teams are unable to double double team Tatum, and the strategy works out. Works out. If the Celtics don't take advantage of those two seconds of, a, of an advantage, then then having Tatum handle the ball is is crazy. Uh, but that's just my opinion. They're going to try it. Jalen's going to try it. Um, he's less of a ball handler, so I don't want to see him doing it that much. Uh, Al Horford will bring the ball. You know, he'll you know grab and go. Uh, when he's in the, in the game, so it'll it will be like you said, democratic offensively. Uh, the goal for the Celtics is to really just move the ball and and get themselves as many open threes as possible. Shooting fifty per game is not going to be uncommon for Boston. They might get to sixty uh, in some of these games. That's how much they want to shoot the three. Um, so having Marcus Smart on your team when you want to get up 50 plus three point attempts um, and work to get all of those, it, it ends up becoming a little bit more of a detriment if he's not having his, his best defensive season. So yeah, I think relying on Derek white to pick up some of the slack and everybody, everybody to pick up some of the slack is going to be how this goes.
3: All right. Well, it's, it's going to be interesting to see from a Knicks perspective, how the Celtics end up this year. And uh, I think we should end the show with uh, a little, little prediction. Of course. The Knicks the Knicks took three of four from Boston last year. Okay. So uh how are you feeling this year? What do you what do you think the season series ends up at?
4: Well, I I, I think the Knicks are are a tough team, right? Like the one the, the biggest criticism I have about the Celtics is they're not the um they're not the the toughest team around. They are much they're very much a finesse team. They're very much a um, I mean, I'll, I'll say it that I think they're they're kind on the soft side, um, and the Knicks, you know, any any Thibodeau team, even though even if he's uh, operating as a, 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 a bizarro version of himself, uh, allowing a lot of the offense, uh, it's they're always tough teams. So I always the Knicks are going to be tough for the Celtics. They they are always going to be the tough. So I'll say I'll say the Knicks and Celtics probably split the season series. It's it's going to be. I am I'm, I'm very interested in how, how the Knicks are going to perform and getting Josh Hart is a, is a, I think a, an important player. Uh, so that, yeah, I'll, I'll say they split the season series.
3: Yeah. I'm probably just going to do that too. As much as I want to say, as much I mean, as I want to, boldly- I don't want does
4: that sound like a cop out am I copying no, out?
3: There? I mean, I think it's reasonable. I think that, I think that it just kind of shows that the, the chasm that used to exist between these two teams is m- very narrowed. Now, you know, I think that, The Knicks are going to be really competitive again. That said, I still think Boston's going to be a really fantastic team again this year and most likely be a top three seed, Um, probably top two. I think you could probably pencil them in Milwaukee in as like the one, two in some order, like you can most years unless something happens that changes that.
4: Um, I'm going to say Boston will be the top seed.
3: I think it's I think it's very reasonable to expect. But that said, the Knicks I mean, even in their down years, the Knicks play the Celtics really well. They do. Uh, No, they do. They do for sure. I I I think a split is reasonable. I do think I I feel like for whatever reason, like Porzingis obviously had the comeback game with Dallas, but there hasn't been that sort of like energy when he's facing the Knicks. Just been kind of ho hum. I think there's going to be one game where he comes to the Garden and does something crazy because he's going to feel more energized with the division rivalry and everything else. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. But until then, thank you for coming on, John. I really appreciate this, man. My it's pleasure. Good. My
4: pleasure to absorb all of the booze and everything <laughs> from the Knicks, Knicks fans.
3: Yeah, you know it, it can be a little rough. If it, if way, it helps, I,
4: think, you know. I lived. I lived in New York City for seven years, and I loved it. So yeah. i I do have I do have a little bit of an affinity for for New York, the city. Even though the the Celtics and Knicks are are bitter historical rivals. Well, there you go. You should have led with that.
3: You know, maybe, maybe some people would have uh, been more on board right away. (laughs) Anyway. All right. Thanks, John. And thank you everybody for listening. Uh, We'll be back with uh, more locked on Knicks episodes next week. We're doing some more of these uh, team by team previews, kind of getting a, getting a feel for around the Eastern conference, the teams that the Knicks are going to be competing with for those very competitive playoff spots again this year. Uh, So this was great catching up with John. Of course, you can check out Locked On Celtics if you want more Celtics perspective. Uh, But until next time, thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Peace out, everybody.